Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben, and this is your weekly video game podcast from handsomefandom.com with me here today is brandon brandon what's up you know man i do do you surprise to me and dave the wonderful just got that nickname hey also also known as uh dave shit in the bed to make my husband mad uh landon uh (laughs) (laughs) you said that so fast i didn't even hear it can you repeat that uh yeah dave shit in the bed to make my husband mad oh an amber heard Uh, reference yes amber heard all right how how timely yeah i mean i figured the people want it that people like to be we like to be topical sure 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 sure. yeah yeah especially here since the show is all about uh celebrity jury cases celebrity court cases gossip and and gossip and everything and and shitting the bed specifically crimes specifically we actually probably do reference shitting the bed more frequently than i'd like to admit yeah um man can you imagine act actively as an adult sh- literally shitting in your bed i just don't know how you i'm not could... even referencing the amber heard thing right now i'm just saying like, well, no just i mean it. but like was no i could not imagine <laughs> i was gonna say, I, I was gonna say something but i just stopped myself and i'm like no no i cannot imagine that um i would not do that and i would definitely not blame a dog um, there's a big difference. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I would blame a dog. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't take ownership of <laughs> as that. A la- Dude, as a last ditch effort, it literally is like, well, this is definitely not dog shit. This is definitely human. Um, so. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's like, you don't even, we don't have a dog. Oh, yeah. I think the moment like I, <laughs> I finished can- and I had to do like the awkward waddle to the uh-huh. bathroom to wipe, I'd be like, what the fuck? Where, where did I go wrong? Wouldn't life? you just wipe on the bed, though? Um, not if she wanted to claim it was a dog, because oh. you know, dude, it, yeah. it's fair. I guess. See, look, it, when you add another party, it just gets too deep. I would just accept the blame if I was caught. Right, there is no other option. How could you not get caught? I, I, getting caught with your pants down <laughs> is a whole new meaning. No, really, though. I mean, yeah. honestly, actually, that is the original meaning to it. I well, in a way. Yeah, you guys doing all right this week? How's everything going? Uh, I'm fine. Okay, Dave, how how are you? Yeah, things are going okay. Just getting everything lined up for for our trip on Sunday. Oh, it's right, yeah. Times it's gonna be super exciting, man. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You excited gotta... to see helicopter? Yeah, 
block party. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's the one song you know by them. You so knew like, what I meant, though. <laughs> yeah, I was telling uh, I was telling you guys last week that uh, I block party is one of my favorite bands, and they just happen to be on tour in Europe while I'm there. So my wife and I are going to go see them in Brussels, Belgium. So well, nice. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I haven't been to a concert in a long, long time, obviously. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of other fun stuff we're going to do. We're going to eat really good food and, and drink really good wine and champagne. And this is really just a fancy alcoholic trip. Right. Um, but uh, are you are you like a, a super planner? Like you want to have every part of your vacation packed? No, I, I like a um, like a framework of of, you know, the, the vacation. This has been tough because we it's it's a long trip um, and there's been a lot more planning that's had to go into it in terms of travel and booking different accommodations right, all right. around France and Belgium. Um, but yeah, I mean, my wife and I were talking about this and like, when we think back about other trips we've done, like some of the most memorable things aren't like the tourist attractions we went to. Right. It's the stuff we found by accident that right. like kind of really sticks in our mind is, is fun and cool and memorable things. So I think if you have like a strict itinerary, plus if you're being ferried around with other tourists, for your entire vacation like that to me doesn't feel good so yeah just sort of a loose framework and and you know wake up in the morning and decide what you're going to do that day yeah so normally i i like to go the way you're talking like okay i'm going to this place i want to do like this these two or three things while i'm there other than that just kind of play it by ear but one time i was in i was gone for three weeks i was in germany ireland italy and England. I think that was it. And but I was only going to be in England and London specifically for like 24 hours. And I was like, I really don't like the idea of this, but I'm just going to get one of those those big red buses, double decker buses where you can like pay however much and hop on and hop off whenever you want. Because if I'm only going to be here for 24 hours, I want to see everything, all of the like highlights. But that's definitely not my preferred way to travel either. I don't yeah. I usually just like to like Okay, yeah, I want to go see the Coliseum, but then I want to find an off the off the beaten path pizzeria back eighteen streets away in the middle of Rome. So yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for you, Dave. Yeah. Um can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, I will uh I'll update you guys as I do and see cool shit. And there's there's this um I, I mean I'll tie it back to video games as best I can, but apparently there's this urban like game in in paris specifically where um local artists have painted um images of space invaders like hidden all around the city so you can get this app and like if you're walking around and you see one you like you pull up your phone and you take a picture of it and then you earn like a badge for finding that space invader so oh that's um yeah we're gonna (laughs) <laughs> We're going to walk around and see how many of these things we can find. But I thought it was a cool little like urban video game. Yeah. Um, Exploration thing. type thing. Yeah. 100%. Dude, IRL collectibles. Exactly. Love it, <laughs> Love it dude. Just 100% that map, man. <laughs> I wonder I how close. Platinum Paris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In Belgium, I wonder how close you're going to be to um, to my buddy Lockmort. Oh, I, I don't know. It's not that big of a place, so probably pretty close. I'll just stand know. in the middle of the road and shout his name, and yeah, um, we'll see if he emerges. That works. That's where the waffles are from, yeah. Lockport specifically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, no, Belgium, yes. That's, <laughs> that's part of their legacy. Uh, okay, I guess it's time we, we could talk. We could talk about some video games, I suppose. 
um, seems to be the thing that people expect us to do on the show. So sure, why sure. not? Let's start off with this story because it, I don't know. It was the first on my list. If I'm just being real. Uh, GameSpot.com says Ubisoft shuts down online services for 90 older games. Quote, Ubisoft has shut down. I just read this exact line. Why do people make the first line of their, their story the same as that title? Come on. <laughs> the games will still remain playable and offline features for each game should still function as normal. Ubisoft notes that in-game news and player statistics in each game affected have also been disabled. For any of the games that use Ubisoft Connect services, units and challenges have been disabled. What Ubisoft describes as unlockable content, such as additional maps or skins in all the affected games, has been disabled as well, without a new means to unlock them. PC players who have previously unlocked such content will be locked out of it. Wow. While console players can still enjoy the unlocked content unless save game files for that particular game are reset. Uh, Okay. So we could talk about that uh, for sure, but just a, a brief little moment. The full list of games includes numerous beloved and critically acclaimed titles, while some games are only losing servers for de- for select platforms, like Just Dance 16 through 18 are only oh. losing online support for PS3, <laughs> Xbox 360, and Wii, but will still be available on Xbox One, PlayStation oh, 4, and Wii God. U. Thank God. Okay. All right. Others, like oh, Rainbow, S- God. Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2, are losing online support entirely. Splinter Cell Chaos Theory is losing online features on PC, while Splinter Cell Double Agent will lose online components across its available platforms. So there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, also, they accidentally took off some games, and they were like, oh, we'll put those back. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. What do you think? Brandon, we'll start with you. We talk about game preservation a lot. Sure. How's this feel? Um, I will say Ubisoft is not my favorite studio. Okay. Um, not even my second or third or fourth. Which is why I went to you first. Or tenth. <laughs> but... Um, who is your ninth favorite studio? <laughs> I'm just fucking around, but um, I just think that's a huge that's a huge chunk, boys. Ninety games, yeah. You know, take it or leave it. That's just a lot at once. And I don't know if this was like a in an efforts to save a bunch of money all at once. Maybe these it, it was just one set of servers, and it happened to be this ninety games, and they're like, all right, what are we gonna do with this? But it seems like they're kind of cleaning house, and I don't know what exactly this means for Ubisoft. But um, some of the things you mentioned, and you know, games die; it just happens sure. at some point. Right. Um, but to not be able to get anything for some of these games, and to potentially lose what you've already purchased on PC—that's um, the crazy one. To yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just—it's not only that, but it's like. 90 of them so and i don't want to keep saying 90 90 90 but even if it's 60 of the games and there's you know 15 of them that you like and have dlc for that's a lot of games right so or um, how about this even if it's a game that you have purchased and never plan to play again you bought it you paid for it yeah exactly especially if it's like dlc or uh unlockable maps or whatever exactly and we all know that not that ubisoft has put out shittier things in recent years but a lot of the older games people really love yes i mean some of the most beloved things ubisoft has put out ever are older at this point right um at least as far as i'm concerned so um not really good news um and i'm interested to see if they'll do any sort of backpedaling or i don't know yeah if they're gonna stay strong so davy boy you love Ubisoft games. You're you're a Assassin's Creed stan. How do you feel about them removing a lot of <laughs> removing a lot of the stuff mentioned in this I, article? It's funny you mentioned old games, and I was thinking about like old games that had online 
um, sort of aspects to them uh, from Ubisoft. And the first one that came to mind was Chaos Theory. Mm. And I was like, there's no way those servers are still going. And sure enough, you mentioned it as part of your article. So, I mean, I'm really surprised um, at some of the games that still have online functionality going even today in 2022. And, and you know, I would say to myself, wow, I, I'd be surprised if people were still playing these games. But there, there are people out there um, who, yeah. who play these games for a long time. And, and I... We talked about it on the show like a long time ago about that YouTuber Mystic. Yes. Yeah. He goes yeah. and he plays like old games and he sees people and he talks to them. He's like, why are you still playing this game? And and the, I mean, the one that comes to mind is like the Warhawk thing where it's like they took the servers offline and then a bunch of really diehard players found a way to keep the servers online through like a third party or something. So... Right. I mean, for me, I don't care. Um, these are old games. Uh, I get rid of games as soon as I'm done with them. I'm not a collector, but I, I do know that there are people out there who really surprise you with with how long they will play a game and, and sort of they'll, they'll really stick with games. So, I mean, I guess it's a buyer beware sort of thing in 2022 with, with kind of digital gaming where it's like if you really get into the online portion of a game, it, it might be gone one day. So you always got to prepare yourself for that. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, of note, there's a lot of rumors this week about Ubisoft potentially courting investors or buyers or selling off studios. I saw that. I think it's, a, I mean, it's, it's all literally rumor at this point, right? So, is it just so chatter? I didn't really want to talk about it too much, but since we're talking about Ubisoft anyway, what do you guys think? They've got like 20,000 employees across the world. Yeah, it's a ton of people and a ton of studios, obviously, and a lot of IP that have to be a massive purchase, right? You would think, um, although. Is it big because it's voluminous or because it's rich in content? I think it's voluminous. Yeah. And, and I, some people would say it is rich. I mean, like, even if we hate the Assassin's Creed franchise IP is now, there. IP is there. It's still the IP. I get it. Yes, I get it. But whenever you have a big potential money sink or right. a potential PR letdown where, you know, you have to buy a company and then downsize. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be a good buy for most people uh, right. unless they have a lot, a lot of money and the big, and the big spenders. I mean, I don't see them going to Microsoft necessarily. I don't necessarily see them going to Sony. Right. I don't know. I would believe that they're wanting to be courted, but I, to, to be honest, I don't know who would buy them. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that in a shitty way. I just don't know. And maybe you guys have somebody in mind, but I, I wouldn't even have an inkling. So. I don't know, Dave. What do you, what do you think? Who could buy Ubisoft, or do they split it up? Um, I, that's a big buy. Like that, that's. I don't think it's quite up there with like Activision Blizzard. But I mean, you mentioned volume, and I think Ubisoft does have a whole lot more when it comes to, you know, different IPs and stuff. And any potential suitor is looking at the sales charts. And when a Far Cry game comes out or an Assassin's Creed game comes out, uh, a Just Dance game, we make fun of that. But I mean, it's those games stay on the sales chart for top tens for, for a considerable oh, yeah. amount of time. So, I mean, whoever is going to, you know, potentially court Ubisoft needs to have a lot of resources because this is going to be, if it happens, I think it would be up there with Activision and Bethesda because yeah. um, there's just so much. And even just, you know, buying talent and resources like yeah. Ubisoft has so much spread all across the world. This right. isn't this isn't just a North American um, sort of publisher. They, they are all over the world. So 
Um, yeah, I think it would be a big deal. Um, I'm not going to speculate if it's going to happen or not, because I feel like every week we're talking about a new acquisition rumor. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, that would be that would be a, a, a big one. And I, I you know, I, I don't know what that would do for Ubisoft titles. I think a lot of the ones that I really like are getting stale and could use some reinvigoration. I don't know if a change of ownership with the company is going to do that. But if it was, you know, a, a a byproduct of an acquisition then i think that's something that i like to see but uh yeah this time will tell dude do you think elongated musket will put his name in for this one <laughs> <laughs> first twitter now ubisoft He's i actually was going to make a tweet the other day <laughs> that was like a quote from you yeah uh, that said like elon musk's real name is actually elongated musket but i wasn't sure if you actually came up with that or not so. no i saw it yeah. it's, it's on me a long time ago well i can pretend like it It just stuck with me i'm gonna so, i'm gonna yeah. gain likes by dude farming you. dude people farm karma all the time yeah. so yeah. you wouldn't be the first all right well, that works for me on to the playstation blog says, today, we're excited to announce that variable refresh rate, VRR, support will start rolling out globally to PS5 players this week. On HDMI 2.1 VRR-compatible TVs and PC monitors, VRR dynamically syncs the refresh rate of the display to the PS5 console's graphical output. This enhances visual performance for PS5 games by minimizing or eliminating visual artifacts, such as frame pacing issues and screen tearing. Gameplay in many PS5 titles feels smoother as scenes render seamlessly. Graphics look crisper, and input lag is reduced. Mm. Previously released PS5 games can be fully optimized for VRR through a game patch, and future games may include VRR support at launch. Uh, they go ahead and mention a lot of games that will receive patches already. Uh, Astro's Playroom, Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Deathloop, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5, Dirt 5, Godfall, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Rainbow Six Siege and Tribes of Midgard. I'm sure there's a bunch more, but those are the ones that they mentioned. Uh, VRR, Brandon. Yeah. Well, we'll go to you second because okay. I think, Dave, do you have any? <laughs> do you have any interest in VRR? Do you have? Do you? Are you even going to be able to use VRR? Um, I can broadly speak to this. Um, my my issue with this generation so far is uh, I know we're early in. But I don't like that I have to kind of make a concession when I'm starting a new game where it's like you could have really good textures and resolution or you can have really good frame rate. Right. But you can't have both. I've met I've talked on the show before about how I cannot stand mid generation like hardware upgrades, i.e. like um, an Xbox One X or the PS4 Pro. Right. But for this generation, I'm al already looking forward to that because I'm looking forward to a time when I don't have to make a concession for the best possible picture, a best possible experience. I hope this is a step in the right direction where, you know, maybe we don't need to buy a brand new piece of hardware, but like you put your fucking disc in or you start the game and the image that you're seeing is the best possible. And the only thing that's going to hold it back is your own TV, right. not something in the options menu. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I just kind of want to speak broadly on that sort of no, topic I think that's good. Of, yeah. of some of the visuals and, and what we're seeing this generation. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll play around with it. Some of the games that you mentioned uh, are games I have. And and uh, I think Tribes of Midgard is, is rumored to be 
in the PS Plus for May. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and that's that's a really cool looking game. So I mean, yeah. that'll be one to play around with. And I also need to check if either one of my monitor or my um, TV can even support that. But uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I mean, I'll definitely have a look. Any any free visual upgrade is is worth um, taking a look at. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask Honestly, you, Brandon. You just got a yeah. newer TV. I'm so sad, Ben. <laughs> Doesn't have VR. So. so it, this was my problem is I had two options, right? When I was picking my new TV and I could go with something, uh, a Vizio that was in the price range I wanted and had almost everything I wanted, but had slightly worse picture quality, uh-huh. had slightly uh, a smaller, slightly color palette yeah. and uh, had worse light bleed. Okay. But had VRR in HDMI 2.0, right? That was the Vizio. 2.0 or 2.1? 2.0. Whatever one VRR is supported on. 2.1, whatever. But instead, I was like, okay, VRR isn't even on the PS5 right now. I have an Xbox, but it's my secondary console. I'm just going to be honest. Um, And so I went with the Hisense, which is superior visually in every way than the Vizio. But the one thing it does not have is VRR. Gotcha. Um, And so... I'm not upset, but I am kind of upset. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it is what it is. Um, I won as far as picture picture quality goes. And I think, to be honest with you, Ben, VRR as a technology, I think in some of the games you even listed, it's not even really going to make sense. Uh, yeah. Because if you have a games, completely yeah. locked, like Ratchet and Clank, right. that game does not need VR. Right. Probably not. Like literally when you're playing on the frame rate mode, I just don't think there's going to be much to smooth. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's pretty solid. But I think something like Elden Ring, which I do play the PS5 version and that I saw people talking about if it ends up getting a patch, which who knows with From. Um, but that game would heavily benefit, especially the PS5 version right. um, from VRR support um, because there are some framey issues. So I think this is really great news. It's really sad news for me. Um, but... I can't be that mad. I still have a new TV. Sure. So here's what I want to know. This is the really the bigger point of this conversation for me. It's great that they're doing it. I think it's awesome. If yeah. you have a compatible device, that's awesome. It should have been at launch if you ask me. But Why wasn't it at launch? Yeah. Why wasn't it at launch? Why wasn't the storage upgrade at launch? Like there are multiple yeah. things that they've released since launch that are like, oh, this seems like it should have been a feature when the game, when the, the PlayStation launched. Right. And yeah, you never want to delay a console, especially when you're going to sell literally tens and tens or dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of millions of units. You don't want to delay it. And you certainly don't want to get behind your competitor. I guess not for Um, this reason either. No, but like, I don't understand. I guess I just don't understand. It's acceptable now, Ben. Literally games come out, hardware come out that is like, we're going to get an update for this. Nintendo can manage to put Bluetooth support literally years after launch. Like, well, no one thought that was acceptable, but, but, (laughs) well, I I know, but what I'm saying is that they got away with it. It's, it's passable now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay to put in features later that definitely should have been in a launch. And that's just the way it is. seems to be par for the course now, even for the big boys. Yeah. Dave, you mentioned not liking the mid-gen console updates, and I agree with that. Uh, what about uh, mid-gen software, firmware updates? Yeah, I mean, if there if there's more of this stuff, they can unlock 
um, through software updates and patches, then great. But then it just kind of goes back to the question, if, if it physically existed within the, in the console before, then why the wait? Um, I do wonder, like, I, I seem to recall that Microsoft was first with their unveil of the Series X. And maybe this was rushed a little bit because I'm sure Sony remembers the last time that Microsoft beat it to market by a considerable margin. And that was the 360, I believe. Right. And that didn't go well. So right, right. Not for I can't them. help but think Not that maybe Sony, they, yeah. Yeah, that, that Sony sort of wanted to rush to market maybe. And that's why some of these features just weren't available at launch. Um, but yeah, I mean, if stuff can be unlocked through software updates, then sure. But it's it's kind of weird. Like, yeah. But we, we all know that both Sony and Microsoft are going to have like a plus version of the consoles oh, in a yeah. couple of years. So. Yeah. Because we're going to buy them. Yeah, <laughs> right. <definitely. laughs> Here's a question we'll probably know the, never know the answer to. Did PS3 suffer because Xbox 360 beat it to market or because it was $600? The price was a, a massive <laughs> issue, but I'm convinced that that, yeah. that year lead that 360 had on PS3 put a considerable ding in, in the market for Sony. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say, Ben, yes and yes, but also wasn't PS3 a fucking nightmare to develop for? Um, probably. It's been worse. It's been bad trying to get it backwards compatible for sure yeah i don't remember much about the game dev cycle leading up to it i remember hearing about comparatively levels. i guess yeah to 360 yeah but, oh probably comparatively to 360 yeah but that's when they really developed their um their indie presence too so. yeah dude pat the pawn i i remember i played that on psp yeah it's good yeah. stuff wild times yeah I think I'm going to sneeze soon, so if I do, you guys just keep, <laughs> keep talking. Bless you, man. <laughs> all right, that's staying in. There it is. It's not worth editing. That's all right. Um, <laughs> ben is a human. Yeah. Surprise, guys. <laughs> okay, while we're talking about uh, things that we love, Sonic. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to. Excuse um, me. This, thisgengaming.com says Sega is delisting Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD from digital stores on May 20th. Quote, if you wish to own certain versions of classic Sonic the Hedgehog games, you may want to grab them as Sega will soon be delisting them. The company announced, whatever day this was written, uh, today actually, the digital versions of Sonic the Hedgehog, yada, 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 will be delisted from digital stores on May 20th, 2022. There will be a few exceptions with those being Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 via the Sega Ages line on the Nintendo Switch and the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 via the Sega Genesis app on Nintendo Switch Online. Sega is most likely doing this because the above games will be so part of the Sonic Origins game that is launching in June. Still, if you don't want to buy that and would rather own the game standalone, you have less than a month to buy them. Can someone agree with me about how shit of a move this is? A new game that's going to contain all the old games is coming out, so you no longer can buy the old games. Sorry, yeah. Dave. Again, we're going to go back to this game preservation to some extent, but really just like shitty moves on the parts of companies. Is this something to care about? Do people care about being able to buy the old Sonic games standalone? Yeah, because, I mean, options are always good. And if you're now saying, you know, if you just want this game or that game or just those two rather than the whole package, like you're kind of taking that option away from people. And that, uh, that's not cool. That, uh, that sucks. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, I'm sure people who, who really want these titles already own them, but it's, it's, it's still not cool and it's a little bit predatory to, 
to take that away from people. I mean, Nintendo's been doing this stuff for years, <laughs> right? But it's seriously. It's, and it's funnily enough, cool. they've been doing it for years, and they're going to be the only place you can play these games now natively. Yeah. So. I I just feel like if. If you're going to take away the option, give an incentive to buy the new product, right? If you want to play the old version, just give anything new, right? An updated menu, updated sound, literally put any effort at all into a new bundle. And then you have grounds that might allow people to think that they should buy the new one. Well, I think it is going to be updated to some extent. Is it? I'm not sure. I will, I'm not a huge Sonic stand, so I haven't really looked into it too We're going to have to consult Matt on this. Yeah. Probably for the better. <laughs> oh, God, Matt. Lord please, knows he ain't listening. <laughs> well, I think it's shitty that companies yeah. do this. And yeah. Well, it's like they didn't, um, they didn't do, I think it was the Dead Space games on Game Pass. They didn't enable them with higher, higher, uh, the frame rate boost and everything. Oh, really? Because they're remaking them. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So yeah. those will be down in time, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And once again, I guess it just goes back to that. What is becoming standard and sure. companies just uh, do whatever. And the only way to impact these companies it negatively is to not financially support them. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Nintendo. Stop buying their shit. You're doing your part. No more Nintendo. Right. That's what I'm saying. You're doing your part. That's right. That's all I can do, Ben. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Well, speaking of Nintendo, uh, one of our other favorite topics to talk about. Uh, Nintendo US reportedly received, quote, thousands of faulty Joy-Cons each week at the height of drift issues. This comes from Eurogamer.net. And it says, quote, Switch's Joy-Con controllers have become notorious for their struggles with drift to the point that lawsuits have been launched over the issue. The EU has pledged to investigate, and Nintendo's president has even formally apologized. A new report, though, shines additional light on the extent of the issue, claiming that Nintendo's U.S. arm was receiving easily thousands of faulty controllers a week for repair at the height of the problem. That's according to a new report by Kotaku. Sorry, I got something stuck in my throat there. Which, citing a former supervisor at the Switch repair facility run by the United Radio under contract with Nintendo, claims the volume of repairs got so high with hundreds of faulty controllers arriving each day that work became very stressful, leading to high turnover in the department and lots of repair mistakes. So, for those who didn't know, the Joy-Cons had a huge issue with drift, and Nintendo finally got to the point where they were like, we'll repair them for free. We'll even pay for you to ship them to us. You just have to actually do it, which is something I haven't done with my son's controllers because I'm a lazy piece of shit. He doesn't complain that much, but they're really, really bad. Dave, have you had any issues with with drift on your controllers? And if not, or if so, 
What do you think about the fact that thousands a week were coming in for repair? I I haven't experienced this issue personally. Is it does it happen when you're in handheld mode or is it only when it's docked? Both. I th- yeah, I was say, I think it's just any time the sticks, yeah, drift. Yeah, I mean, ninety percent of the time I play my Switch, it's it's in handheld mode. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough to have never had this issue. I think I had one of like not like a launch Switch, but one of the you know different iterations. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it's it sounds like it's up there with the Xbox three sixty Red Ring of Death um, sort of issues. So yeah, it's crazy. I it's mean, expensive to repair. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. It's uh, it appears they've they've kind of dealt with it, but it really sucks that you know so many people had to deal with this. And I mean, the Switch is something you often buy for your kids, and you know kids look forward to this sort of thing. Imagine them opening it up, they get their Switch, and they find out it's broken, and you got to send it back and go through all that stuff. So it's a really shitty situation. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> not fun. Not fun yeah. for the employees. That's for no. sure. I I got a launch Switch. And those controllers were drifting out of the box, like just barely, but they were drifting. And over time, it's only gotten worse. And now that's the switch my son has. And then I bought another set of Joy-Cons at one point while I was still using it. And they drifted out of the box. And I'm not like, I understand there can be some like, maybe over time you make it worse. But right. like, they, I pulled the them box. out of the box yeah. and went to calibrate them. And they were literally drifting out of the box. That's crazy. I haven't noticed issues, but I'm not like a, a, a connoisseur. Yeah. of sorts um i feel like i would have noticed it when i played zelda because that's probably the game i've played the most on my switch sure um really unfortunate and i feel like they've completely swing and a miss yeah. um, for nintendo as far as this goes i'd like to take a side note to make sure that i didn't have a stroke i actually looked it up i don't know if you guys have seen this article but i wanted to make sure i, I remembered it and that i didn't come up with some sort of sick thing in my mind um but in <laughs> uh in, in March 7th of 2017, Vice came out with an article that says Nintendo Switch's Joy-Con sync issue is even worse if you put them in your butt. Um, I remember reading this. I remember I, I remember reading this at the time, and I shit you not, boys. Look, there is a there is a fisting dildo with a, with a Joy-Con and a condom, and I remember seeing this at the time of the big issue. And this is this. It's on Vice. Look it up. It if you dare really really wild um i'm so sorry you guys were talking about drift and my mind was like holy shit i remember someone putting one of these up their butt and, I, and i'm pretty sure it was on vice and literally sure enough first thing i google uh vice is at the very top That's, so first of all completely insane and second of all completely understandable yeah so um needless to say the research has been done thank you vice um <laughs> and hopefully the um the repair shop didn't receive many that have went through this treatment. Yeah. Um, these, these Joy-Cons stink. <laughs> <laughs> Just one stink with it to you. <laughs> the Lord. No wonder they're drifting. I know, yeah. dude. Something's up. But uh, Well, speaking of things you put up your bite, <laughs> Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker oh, song. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sets a record for the biggest global launch in franchise history. This is from GameSpot. It says the newest Lego game sold 3.2 million copies. Wow in its first two weeks and surpassed sales records on every platform, region, and edition across the entire series. Warner Brothers did not say which LEGO game previously held the record for the biggest launch. The series debuted in 2005 with the original LEGO Star Wars, and since then, TT Games released more than 20 LEGO games based on franchises like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Marvel and DC superheroes. The sprawling game features stories, content, and characters across all nine Skywalker films. Just this week, the game's roster of playable characters grew even more with the addition of Rogue One characters like Jen Erso and Cassian Andor. 
I don't need to read about all the characters that came out. But 3.2 million units Damn, dude, in two weeks for a Lego game. Lego Star Wars. Yeah. Now, this is a game I have purchased and I've been playing. We'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Sure. And it's really good. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a Lego. It's just a Lego game. Is it? Is it really kind of the same, though? No, it is. It, it's, a, it's a lot the same, but it's less linear than the previous games. Okay. It's more, um, to use a buzzword, open world. Oh, dude. Than any of the other ones. Dave, wow. have you experimented with uh, putting Legos in your... I mean, um, <laughs> with the Lego games at all ever? I've I've played one of the Lego games. I think it was the Marvel Avengers one. And oh, I really um, liked it. And yeah. uh, I'm... I'm I, 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 this game's on my list to pick up uh, pretty soon, I think, because you guys won't shut the fuck up about it. But <laughs> it's it's these numbers are are really impressive because, from my standpoint, from an optics thing, I felt like, you know, going back five or six years, like the Lego games were coming out so fast and furious that I kind of felt like people were sick of them. Yeah. Um. So you know, to have this one come out and sell so well. And it, it's kind of in an odd time for Star Wars because, like, we're not close to another movie. We've got the Mandalorian and the Disney Plus stuff, but it's Star Wars doesn't seem to be front of people's minds. But I think value for money. It sounds like this is a great package because you get all nine movies, and I know you're not playing through the entire movie, but you um, are. Pardon me. Oh, yeah. That, okay. Even there, then. I mean, it, it's it, value mean, for it, money. It doesn't use every piece of dialogue in every set. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, it, it's got mass appeal. I mean, Ben, you can probably speak to this. You can sit down and play it with your kids. And then when they go to bed, you're you're having a great time with it. So <laughs> well, um, jokes on them. I haven't told them I have it yet. I've been playing it. Only <laughs> oh, shit. I want to get through it before I play it with you them. Stingy. <laughs> yeah. You hold oh, yeah. now. I, I, I am. I, I am surprised that a Lego game this far out has sold this well. But um, yeah, maybe it means we're going to see a reinvigoration of the series. Yeah, I think this is great news. Um, I played some of the early Lego Star Wars, and I thought they were some of the best ones in the series ever. Yeah. Um, I also played Marvel Superheroes, and I thought both of those were really great. Um, I have more experience with one than two. Um, but I think there's been some stinkers, too, ones that I haven't necessarily loved. Um, I think the Batman ones did okay. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have tried. It was really niche, and I got it on Super Sale, but I, I, I got The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. It was fucking awful. Well, I, that explains... I, I did not like it at all. I saw... It, I didn't... It was gone by the time I went to buy it, but Wario tweeted out that that was on sale for $5 at Best yeah, Buy. It's awful. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy this for my kid because it's $5 right. and he'll like it. But yeah. then it was gone. So I'm glad to hear it was yeah. bad. And he might like it, but it, it just took everything about the Lego and just completely just turned it on a head, its head in a bad way, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So to see this... um reinvigoration so to speak of what i once loved i will definitely pick this up yeah um i'm assuming even though it's sold really well that it will go on sale promptly in a few months it probably will so yeah. i'm really looking forward to picking this up um i think this is going to be maybe even a digital title for me uh, because it feels like one of those perfect games that i can just pop in between other games yeah um and just gather some coins and run through this that and the other um and it's interesting because I really like these games, the Star Wars one specifically, and that has nothing to do with Star Wars. Right. Um, so that is an interesting dynamic for me. But yeah. non nonetheless, really glad to see that they changed up the formula and that it actually paid off. Dave, you're a Star Wars fan, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I thought so. Yeah. Are, are you, Brandon? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like <laughs> Star Trek? The same thing, right? Dude. 
I said that once, and y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all clowning. Uh, and hold on, Ben. What's yeah. what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, dude, don't even. I can't. I don't know. One hour later. Probably Empire. Okay. Um, but with that said, I certainly think there are highs and lows to the Star Wars movies, but when somebody says that movie was awful, I just can't get on board because I like it. Even the worst Star Wars movie, which can be pretty bad. I still like it because it's Star Wars. That's fair. I just lose all objectivity when that's the case. I I was really young when I first got into the movies and uh, I always, I, I know this is not a popular pick. I always loved, um, Return of the Jedi. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if it was the Ewoks or just like the, you know, the big sort of culmination fight, but uh, at the end, but uh, now that I'm older, I really, really, really like Rogue One and I yeah. can watch that any day of the week. So. I was talking about mainline stories, mainline okay. ones, but yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. It is. I want to watch you, Solo. How about you, Brandon? I want to watch Solo. I think I actually <laughs> would like that, to be honest with you. Um I haven't got a chance to watch Rogue One, and I watched the first iteration. I believe it's The Force Awakens, and that was fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, you haven't seen any of the 70s, 80s ones, right? Uh, I watched one of them once with Dustin, and I fell asleep yeah. in the middle of it because um, it was so goddamn boring. Um, oh. But uh, I'd be willing to give it another go. I, feel I like, think you should. I feel like I have quite literally watched hundreds and hundreds of movies like in the past five years i've watched more movies than i've watched in my whole life so i think as a person i've really grown cinematically right. um, if that's at all possible in what little way i did um so i'd be willing to give it another go i i kind of envy you brandon because i i sometimes think about like what movies i would like to watch again for the first time and like if if i was in your position i would love to sit down and watch like all of the movies, the mainline movies in order from like one all yeah. the way through to nine. I think that would be so cool. And I can't do that now because I've seen them all, but true. That true, would true. just be such and you a saw f- them out of order. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like most is, people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think there's some advantage to that. I also wonder if you're a 28 year old man like yourself. Right. And you sit down and watch Phantom Menace for, and it's the first real, First real Star Wars exposure you're giving yourself, if you would be like, nah, this sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, you know, bad. Yeah. But and it's, it's just getting kind I of I still like it because yeah. it's Star Wars. Sure. But. And I think the ideas and the concepts are great. Yeah. Um, world building is 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 some of the best ever. Um, but. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe because it's a lot like Star Trek. Fuck you guys. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Okay, one more story. This comes from Traxian. Who? Traxian.gg. GG's. Former Motorstorm Drive Club Dirt 5 studio working on Need for Speed. Quote, What? With a new Need for Speed game due before the end of Electronic Arts' current financial year, April 1st, 2023. It now looks to have additional development thanks to the Codemasters Cheshire team. Under development by former Burnout creators Criterion Games. Let's go. That's actually dope. The Guildford-based team was hauled in to help develop the then-nascent Battlefield 2042. Shit. As a result, the new Need for Speed game was pushed back. Now the game is priority once more as the Code Ma- and the Codemasters Cheshire team is involved, highlighted thanks to the sponsored LinkedIn posts for job vacancies. And it goes on to talk about that more. 
starting with the next Need for Speed title, then extending to future-facing initiatives, Codemasters Cheshire will work with Criterion on creative, technical, and feature execution in service to the vision outlined in the Need for Speed strategy. So, Brandon, you're our... Dave likes racing games too. We'll sure. get to Dave, but you're our you're our racing game guy. Yeah, man. Tell me about your excitement. Maybe some memories. Yeah. Now, honestly, Need for Speed was one of the biggest parts of my childhood. Um, there was no bigger collection of games that we had. I still have them. Yeah. PS One than Need for Speed. Yeah. We had almost all of them. I grew up. If my dad liked any game, it would be this game. Right. Uh, especially early on. Um, so Need for Speed has a huge place in my heart, and I've played a lot of them. Um, I will say over the past few years, um, I guess it's been more than a few years now, but um, they just have gotten worse and worse and bad in different ways. Um, Need for Speed is a much more arcadey game than some other games out there. Right. Um, I'd see even more arcadey than Forza at times um, with the Nitrous um, right. and stuff like that. Um, but... I'm really excited about this. Um, Criterion is a very talented studio. Um, they made one of my favorite games of all time, Burnout Paradise. Yeah. Um, and I think that this series needs something new because uh, Need for Speed Heat um, was decent and not great. Um, the one that was just called Need for Speed, it was essentially a rebranding, yeah. was a little bit closer to what we wanted. That was like mid-2010s, right? Something like that. Yeah. And then Need for Speed Payback was a fucking joke. Yes. I played all of it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. I played it and I didn't hate it, but it was a joke. Yeah. Um, they completely took everything about it out that was interesting. It was like a, a soap opera in Las Vegas. And instead of customizing your car, I mean, visually you could, you could still do that, but the entire upgrade system was essentially a roulette. Um, and you would, you would literally spin a roulette wheel to determine how fast your car would go and what way. And that's how you would upgrade your car. It was asinine. Um, and it was like quite literally ripping off just like a a direct gambling mechanism into the game uh, to literally just have the function to, add performance parts to your car, um, which is asinine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they just kind of butchered it. Um, and although the final product, even payback, wasn't necessarily the most heinous thing I'd ever seen, it was a fall from grace that I was not willing to accept. Right. Um, so Need for Speed, I'm really hoping, can make a comeback. Um, I actually talked about this a couple of months ago and how silent everything's been around these games recently. So I'm glad to see something pop up. And I didn't even see that news until you said it. So yeah. I was actually... I didn't see it until Dave sent it to me. Yeah, I was actually surprised. So thank you for sending that, Dave, because Need for Speed has actually been in my mind, um, especially since Forza. Um, I'm hoping, Dave, I'm really, really hoping they take a page just like GT did and get some of the vibes that Forza has because it's so clearly working. I don't want them to rip it off by any means, um, but take some of the love that Forza has and make it your own um, because that's like a winning formula as far as I'm concerned. So, and Criterion, good stuff. So, Dave, talk to me about Need for Speed. Yeah, I, I don't have the experience with the series that Brandon has, but like probably a lot of people around our age um need for speed underground like we all have a lot of really good memories about that game oh yeah and i don't think need for speed needs to go back to like that but there was some serious talent that um 
Cheshire sort of brought in here. Like you look at some of these old games, Motorstorm, Drive Club, um, you know, some of the stuff from uh, the Burnout series, like that is some serious talent. So if they can just find a way to, as Brandon said, just like make it their own and make it fun and don't try to be Forza Horizon because that's not what Need for Speed fans want. We already have that game. But I think there's plenty of room and this sort of subgenre for like another banger, like, and they've they brought in the talent to do it. So, um, I personally have really high hopes that this is going to be something good because I like Forza, but uh, again, I mean, it's going to be a while for before another Forza Horizon, and um, you know, I think there's a lot that can be improved on in, and and yeah, Need for Speed definitely has the clout. Like this, this is a, a series that can sell really, really well. So right. hopefully they do something with this. This is a hell of an IP to work with. And there's a lot of people like Brandon who really want to see this come back to, you know, what it used to be. So sure. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, it's that time. Let's talk about what you've been playing. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> you seemed off. You like, you seemed like I'd caught you off guard there. You just jumped in. No lube there. You just, yeah wow. okay just, just straight mean, in the, the whole the 45 minutes before this was the lube <laughs> that i'm was still thinking horror. about that joint con and the condom oh man <laughs> and the fist um so yeah i've still been playing guardians of the galaxy uh slowly i, I think i'm only on chapter four or five or six or something um still having a lot of fun with it uh the gameplay and combat is still not really blowing me away but um I think it does the job and then obviously the story and the characters and stuff is really what this game's all about. So yeah, really, really having a good time with guardians. Um, again, now that I'm done with Elden ring, I've put a lot more time back into Gran Turismo oh. uh, seven and man, that game is fun. I just, I just get so like stuck into the time trials and it's like, it requires so much focus and like fine motor skills that like 30 to 45 minutes in and I have to take a break because then my lap times start trickling down and, and I'm not effective, but like just making those like fine little adjustments as you, you know, on your, your entry point and your breaking point and your exit speed and all that kind of stuff. It's just so much fun to see like the tents just like slowly strip away. And you see that improvement. (laughs) What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get gold on every single license test in the game. Oh dude. Um, I love that. I'm just at the end of the the second last sort of set of licenses. So, so yeah, I mean, the only thing I wish is I had more people on my, my friends list who played it. Cause I love seeing like other people I know and their times and, you know, you can get gold times, but then you can go a step further and kind of compete with your friends and stuff. So, um, so yeah, as far as the, the bad stuff with Gran Turismo, I mean, I, I was playing Elden Ring while all the weird sort of transaction, microtransaction stuff was going on. So I just kind of booted it up and had an extra million dollars in the, yeah. the game. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where I've been spending most of my time is Gran Turismo 7 and nice. Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is, you know, still continues. I see to get a lot of new attention to it and people saying like, can't believe I missed this. Can't believe I slept on this. So I'm just like, yes, you know, the make another one. Yeah, exactly. Please. Yes. Brandon, you're up. Um, well, uh, I, I continue to play Ghostwire. Um, I feel like shortly after the podcast, I played for about a day or two and I haven't played in a couple days. Um, I don't want to say I'm done with the game because I'm far from done with a game, but 
something about it doesn't feel rewarding to me ever. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is. I enjoy what I'm doing and it's visually interesting, but it doesn't feel rewarding. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that. Um, but I'm replaying Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm about 30 hours into my mage build, um, 70 or 80 levels deep. And it's it's really fun. And every time I find a new spell or I find a new weapon, it's enjoyable and I feel gratitude. Right. But every time I find... Well, there really is no new powers for me to find in Ghostwire. I'm like Not trying after to... you get like the first three or four. Yeah. I'm like trying to compare and contrast these and, and determine why I don't find this as exciting and why a game that I've played for... 150 hours now right. is somehow feeling more rewarding than I've already played. So I don't know. I'm definitely not done with Ghostwire. Um, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is I've been playing Ghostwire and Elden Ring. Um, I, don't, I don't have a, a bunch of new thoughts uh, on Elden Ring, but they continue to patch it. Um, they just made a bunch of changes um, to sorceries um, and um, incantations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm just really enjoying that. I do want to get back to Ghostwire, but I'm not, not in any sort of rush. I right. mean, you already beat it and Dustin already beat it. So yeah. uh, I'm just going to kind of take my time and I feel like I might actually enjoy the game better if I kind of take it in small doses. Yeah. So I think that's probably true. I platinumed it in like eight days Whew. and I feel like that was the wrong thing to do. It was like a fever dream. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a little bit. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, for me. Let's see. Uh, the first thing is some new stuff got added in the Sea of Thieves, some new story stuff. And so I played a good bit of that. I'm going to play a little more probably tonight. I think I'm streaming. I know I'm streaming tonight. And uh, so I'm going to punch out some more of that stuff and just generally wreak havoc. And as always, I'm enjoying that game. Uh, I haven't had as much time to stream lately. And Sea of Thieves has always been my stream game. Mm -hmm. So I haven't played as much as I had been. And um, it's good and bad. I miss it, but also... It's nice to be able to have some time for some other stuff. Yeah, dude, you, you've been grinding. We've talked I about the stats. Have. So, yes. you know, it's still your love, but yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still want to play it all the time. But a lot of times I'm like not because I've got like four different things happening right now with different work stuff. I'm not getting time to actually stream till like too late to really make it worth it. Right. And, or like all the people I normally would play with are gone. And, you know, I don't want to, yeah. you know, whatever. So. Uh, I tried, so a, a buddy of mine, um, Steam shared with me and had all the Max Payne games. Oh, nice. Uh, so I tried to jump back in. So I have Max Payne, the original Max Payne on disc, but at one, I don't know where it is. I could probably find it if I tried, but two, if I found it, I'd have to get my old Xbox one out. Oh Lord. And cause I only have a series S of the new gen and I don't really want to do that. So I'm probably just going to end up buying it on xbox digitally but the point here is um i was playing it on pc first of all this game is absolutely broken there are hundreds of posts on the steam forums and links to patches and everything else there's like a whole hey this will completely fix your game except for these things file what? and I, I downloaded that and installed it the game is just straight up broken it's too old on to PC? work on on windows 10 yeah oh my god and even the patches don't solve all the problems so it was still crashing out on me i played about 90 minutes of it and finally was just like okay i'm gonna just play this on xbox I is think. that why they're redoing it for pc well they're redoing it to make money i'm well, sure 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 but, sure but the thing that was insane to me is so on steam if you want to put your games on sale you have to apply to one of their sales they have to accept you and you have to as the publisher have to permit it 
There's no way to batch this. There is no way, you know, whatever. You have to do them all individually. Somebody at Rockstar, or whoever the publisher was for the first one, I think it was Rockstar, has to know this game isn't working. They have to see all the Steam comments and right. everything. And they still were like, yeah, we'll put it on sale. Jesus like on, on discount, whatever. <laughs> and so like, that's just oh insane God. to me. And the fact that you wouldn't want your old game to be in as good a shape as it possibly could be, because there are fixes. It's just straight up unplayable, you're saying? It, there are points where it's straight up unplayable. The first thing is, if you don't have certain things installed that aren't even related to the game, you you don't get sound. <laughs> There's another what? thing that if you don't have what? this extra thing installed, it gives you like 45 JPEG bissing things. Oh my God. And then man. like it crashes at every cutscene. That cut needs scene. to be delisted, man. Exactly. It needs to get taken the fuck down. Exactly. So it's just a whole mess. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play it somewhere yeah. else if I want to really play it. Seriously? It's like 10 bucks or something. It's not That's not that it's expensive. It's just like, not only do I already own it, I have a way to play it on PC. Not really. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's irritating. But I want to get back in and play some more. But I was like remembering the good time. Yeah, man. Was. Yeah. yeah. Um, sweet nostalgia. Two other things. I play, started playing some Tunic. Ooh. Tunic, uh, Dave, did you end up playing Tunic? I can't remember. We talked no, about it briefly. Yet. Okay. No. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very cute, but it is tough. Is it? I was not expecting it to be a hard game just because I didn't really know anything about it other than, hey, it's free on Game Pass and I have Game Pass and I'm going to play it from my recliner. It is, and this is a very tropey, you know, whatever thing to say, it is Souls-esque. And I don't just mean <laughs> it's hard. And it is hard. Yeah. I mean, like many of the souls type mechanics. Is it roguelike? Exist. It is roguelike. Okay. To some extent. Gotcha. Very little extent. Interesting. Um, it has the thing where you like go to a statue and heal and it resets all the enemies around you. Gotcha. Um, it has parrying. Like it, I can't even remember all the similarities, but I was just like, wow, this feels just like a souls game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure I'm not completely getting that. It's the fox in the green suit. Yes. That's yeah, yeah. The sword. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, it's very puzzly. It's got some cool mechanics. It's got some like the the way you get the map is really neat. Um, I won't totally spoil that because it was like kind of a cool revelation. Um, so I would just really advise anybody who has Game Pass, like it's free, right? Just play it. Yeah. Uh, just check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm probably five or six hours into that game, and I don't think I'm very good at it. Uh, I'm not very good with puzzly type stuff. Mm. So that's on me. But that's the that's the situation I'm in. And then, of course, I've been playing more Star Wars Lego and um, Skywalker Saga. Still enjoying that. Still kind of um, having a hard time breaking through my addiction of smashing everything possible in the world. <laughs> and then I realized one day I was like running around this area and I had a podcast on because I was just like I wasn't doing story stuff and I was just like do it, trying to get completion stuff. And I'm just running around and smashing stuff and running around and smashing stuff and running around and smashing stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm in a big loop here. I should get to the other side soon. And then I realized the things I was smashing were regenerated. I think I, I ran around this circle on this floor of a building for 45 minutes, yes. just smashing the same things over and over. Yeah, that was one of the farms I saw. You, you can be one of the giant claw guys, and that is the most efficient way to... I think I know the exact room you're talking about. I saw someone I talking. I don't know what a giant claw guy is. It's, I don't know what the fuck these Star Wars creatures are. They're big and brown. They're fucking massive. 
they, they have big old claws and sharp teeth. Well, I wasn't that. Anyway. I was just like C-3PO but, or something. No, I get what you're saying, though. It just yeah. kept regenerating. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I just farmed. And then you get the multipliers and everything for the studs. And I was like, I just farmed like 45 million studs without even realizing. Your eyes just glazed over. Yeah, it really was. It was <laughs> and, just a complete... and, an hour in. Ben has 7 billion coins. <laughs> But I'm still enjoying it. Um, I'm in episode five at this point, which is actually um, Return of the uh, Empire Strikes Back. So that's where I'm at right now. Damn. Just enjoying it still. And like, I love Star Wars. So it's, and I've seen the movies all so many times. I'm like, hmm, would someone understand what's happening right now if they didn't have other context? But I don't think that's who these, game, these games are for. Right. They're, people for. they're for people who have context, primarily. And kids. And kids, yeah. That don't care about context. So having lots of fun with it. That's about it. Yeah, That's man. what I've been playing. Good stuff. I'm trying to think of what I'm looking forward to playing coming up. I think I'm going to give Trek to Yumi a shot because it's going to be on Game Pass, so why mm. not? Um, you could try Sifu. Yeah, I'm gonna have to buy that one, which I just don't want to. I don't want to actually purchase anything until I've beaten some of the things I've already purchased. Fair enough. So fair enough. But it's like forty bucks. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. I wouldn't mind. Uh, we talked about this earlier, but uh, if the leak is true, Tribes of Midgar uh, on PS Plus is worth a look, especially if you're looking for something simple and co-op. Yeah. Well, also, wasn't in that leak, Dave? Are you a soccer fan or just a baseball <laughs> fan? Uh, I, I'm not a soccer. I watch like World Cup, but I don't. I don't know. Okay. FIFA was the other part. Potentially right? 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually huge. That is huge. Um, yeah. I'm sure like that will make many, many people's day. Uh, Absolutely, most popular sport in the world. So yeah, the game's huge. To yeah. say that they might not be FIFA for much longer. Oh really? Yeah. There's talk about them removing the name of like FIFA removing their name off of EA's brand. Damn. So that's crazy. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal to the three of us because we don't give a shit about no, still about football. Yeah, but uh, yeah, still the world, the rest of the world does. Yeah, so. that's it, boys. That's all we got. That is it, Dave. You're gonna be gone for the next couple weeks. Yes, we'll I will return in the middle of May. But uh, I look forward to uh, chatting with you guys again. In the meantime, I'll I'll share some pictures and find some space invaders. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a lot of fun. You're gonna have a great time. I'm excited for you. Indeed. Thanks. Uh, guys, don't forget, we're over on Patreon at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Get ad-free early access to the show. We appreciate your support there. And hang out in the Discord at handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Other than that, I think we'll see you next time. Bye. The HP Podcast is supported by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Jason Canham, Toby Ryland, Chaz Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Boots, Fusebro, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, and H-Trons. <laughs>